everybody, and welcome to Casa Loud Chats, a podcast dedicated to Nickelodeon's The Casa Grandes and the Loud House universe. And I'm your host, Sunny, and welcome to episode 63 of Casa Loud Chats. And today is going to be quite a bumpy episode, I would say, because it's going to be very mixed when it comes to talking about news involving the Loud House and the Casa Grandes. News that is great and news is not so great. I mean, yes, this episode's coming out late. I apologize. But of course, you know me. I wait for all the new episodes of the shows to come out. Then I do a full review of them. And a certain very big news came out while I was taking my break. And now I have to talk about it. And Well, I did talk about it on Saran's podcast. Well, I did the crossover podcast on his show. So make sure you check that out. But I'll be doing my full you know, uh, feelings on my podcast regarding a certain topic. But there's also some really great news for, you know, talking about new episodes. And, of course, Season 6 of The Loud House will premiere this month, which is very exciting. But we have to start out a little lukewarm, a little ne- a little sad at the moment. So I apologize if the mood here is going to be a little negative because, yeah, we got to talk about, you know what, it's the elephant in the room and we have to discuss it. And then we'll talk about all the exciting other news that we know about for both shows uh, because we, ha- we, ha- we heard about a lot of new episodes coming up in the future. So that's going to be exciting. But da- we have to talk about the first things first. So with that being said, let's get into some Casa News. So, as I said on the top of the show, there is some really sad news evolving the Casa Grandes. Yes, say it with me, the Casa Grandes has been cancelled after three seasons. Yes, um, like I said before, I kinda knew this was gonna happen. I can't say how I knew, but then when Ryan DM'd me on a certain day saying that he talked to Miguel and they were gonna announce this in an article on... Uh, Exoist? Let me go check the article real quick. It's called Exoist on Yahoo News. This is the article I'll link in the description that they were going to talk about the Casa Grandes getting cancelled after three seasons. I was dreading that they were going to finally announce it and yeah, they finally did. <laughs> I knew it was coming and sadly we have to. So the article says the Casa Gr- Nickelodeon is canceling the Casa Grandes, a cartoon about the dynamics of a multi-generational Latino family that lives under one roof, Alexis has learned. Why this matters. It's the latest Latino-led show to be canceled only after a few seasons, despite rave reviews and loyal, file- fo- and loyal followings. Uh, driving the news, the Casa Grandes will not be renewed after its third season finishing airing this year. It's ca- uh, and here's the the other thing. The characters will, c- will continue to appear in the Loud House, the show that spun off from, according to a network spokesperson. The show debuted in 2019 and will air a total of 60 episodes by the end of its run. So that's basically all we know about the cancellation. It's just they canceled it and the third season is the final season. So, like I said, our show was successful. I don't, you know, like, I, people are treating this as if, like, the show was not successful. No, we had three amazing seasons, and people shouldn't be treating it as if this is, like, a disaster. Because imagine if the Casa Grandes only got past one season, and nobody gave it a chance. But Nickelodeon gave it a chance, and at least gave it three seasons. 
imagine if there was only one season and we would we still wouldn't be here talking about new episodes of Casa Grandes in season three. I think that's a very huge success. I do agree that yes, this is a loss because again, the show was about a multi-generational Mexican-American Latino family. And it was so important to have that representation and to have that just stripped from us is not good. You know, like I don't like that. You know, I'm not you know, again, I'm not Latino, but I have, you know, heard from many of my friends who are, they're very upset of losing this representation, especially when the characters will just go back into the Loud House and we won't have the authentic show where they are able to represent their culture the way they could in an actual show than just putting them back in the Loud House. You know, that's the, the downside, is that we won't get as big representation as we would if they had their own show. The other thing about it is that, yes, the Casa Grandes will continue to appear in Loud House, but are they saying that in terms of Season 6? Because we already knew that. We already knew the Casa Grandes would show up in Season 6. They, are, they confirmed that when Season 6 was going to be announced. So does that mean for future seasons? Because Kevin Sullivan, again, somebody had the you know, guts to DM Kevin Sullivan about this, and he said the Loud House is not canceled now, so I think that's saying that a season 7 will, will get announced eventually. Like, my, I still thought that it was going to be season 7, Casa season 4, and a sequel to the live-action movie. But it shows that, I guess, Nickelodeon just thought that our spinoff wasn't successful, and that the main show still is, which I guess is the hard truth, you know, I hate to say that. I wish it could have been the Loud House got cancelled and the Casa Grandes continued on. You could still have the Loud House characters showed up in Casa Grandes, but I don't get why they decided to cancel the spinoff. It doesn't make any sense to me. When, again, like Nate and me said on their show, we were an award-winning show and we had three seasons... I don't get it, you know, I really don't, especially when Nickelodeon's decided to do, like, a bunch of Spongebob spinoffs now. You could just, I don't know, move the Casa Grandes over to Paramount Plus if that's what you want to do. Instead of canceling it, just put it on exclusively on Paramount Plus if you don't want to show it on the main show anymore, I don't know. You know, like, it's just upsetting to me because... Like, we, we really had three amazing seasons, and the fact that Roddy Ann is not going to be a main character anymore, she's going to be reduced to a side character again, it doesn't feel right to me, you know, because I love Roddy Ann so much, I was so happy she became a main character, I was disappointed the way they treated her in the second season, when they decided to do episodes without her, but it was for the best in some cases, but I was... A little hesitant about it because, again, the show was still so new and they should have waited till the third season to, to not have episodes with her, but they got a little risky with that. But now that she's going to be reduced to a side character again and we won't see her as often as we should, well, I guess, you know, now that we're used to it in the main, not the main show, now, now that we were used to it in the spinoff where they would have episodes without her, I guess it won't feel any different, but to me it's like, now she'll go back to being treated as she did in the Loud House where they will forget about her and they won't even have Lincoln remember her or she won't be acknowledged at all again. That was my problem with the main show is that once, you know, like in the season one, she only showed up three times and Lincoln never really mentioned her outside of that. Season two, she only showed up three times and again, once she moved, no mention whatsoever. Season three, they decided to bring the Casagrande back, but still, every single time in the show, they would never have Lincoln mention her as if she didn't even exist to him in the main show, but in the spinoff, absolutely. You know, I, I compare it to, <laughs> I hate to make this comparison, I might have made this comparison before, but I compare it to like, uh, if you ever watched 
uh, uh, Bay watching the, uh, the the series of Bay watching uh, episodes that uh, Allison Prager has made. They call it, she calls it Bay watching, where she watches Bay Watch and the spinoff show Bay Watch Nights. She recently made a joke in one of her videos where it was like uh, talking about uh, the main girl who's with Mitch in the spinoff, and it's like, oh, she only shows up in the main show once, like Roddy Ann. And it's like af after that, you did not get a passing mention at all once your show was over. So that's exactly how Roddy has been treated in the main show and that's always the way it's gonna be. But I'm hoping if they do bring in the Casagrande characters that they will acknowledge her for once because again when they actually did acknowledge her and don't you forget about me before she actually showed up that was like a victory to me that they actually had like mention her. But then it's like, oh yeah, she's gonna appear, that's amazing. But if you could just have him mention her once in the show, like, even when she's not there, that'd be nice to say, hey, they're still best friends, and maybe he's like, oh, let's, let's, uh, or it's like, oh, uh, sorry. I'm just thinking about this for a second. <laughs> My brain just shut off. I would say like, uh, oh, like half Lincoln say, I, I'm busy. I'm going to go video chat with Roddy and or something. That's all you got to say. It, but the sad part is Roddy had never mentioned Lincoln in the spinoff outside again the part the episodes he shows up in. So and it's hard because, again, Lori and Bobby will mention each other so much. And the only reason of that is because they're dating. So that's what I hate about the way they treat the, the way they treat that. And again, when they're going to bring Roddy in and Bobby into the main show again, that's exactly how it's going to be. Bobby is the only one that's going to get all the episodes and all the mentions, and Roddy will get either one episode or be forgotten for an entire season, like she did in season five. Again, I know people are hung up on, like, I'm still hung up on it. People are mad, people are telling me, like, you still shouldn't be mad at that. I am, because Roddy Ann should have showed up in season five, but Lincoln showed up at least three times in season two. Okay, twice, but, or like, okay, so it's twice in main role. Third one would be the cameo in Cast of Christmas, but still, at least he did. Bobby got to got to appear twice in season five because of Lori being at college. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah, it makes sense to me. But I'm saying like, how come Rodier could show up at least once in season five when it was the Lincoln show for a majority of season five? You could have at least had her appear once. Or even a cameo, like, just, you know, I'm sorry, but, like, I'm hung up on that. But, like, luckily with season six, they're fixing that, so I, I don't want to complain, so once season six does fix that problem, I'll be happy, so I don't have to keep complaining about it. But for the future of the Loud House, in terms of the characters showing up, it's going to get even more crowded than it already is, and you have to handle these characters in a different way. And I'm worried that the Casagrandes will be just reduced to crossover bait. Which, you know, again, we all enjoy. We all enjoy the crossover stuff. Like, I just complained about the Roddy and the Lincoln stuff. But, like, yeah, I'll be so happy if I see more Roddy and the Lincoln content. Absolutely. But, no, do not have her move back to Royal Woods. They're not going to do that. I it just I hated the fact that people thought, oh, this is great. That means she'll go back to Royal Woods and that'll fix all the problems where, you know, in the, in the last past you know, episodes, she didn't get to appear a bunch in school and now she'll be in Royal Woods. No, that if you're going to move her back to Royal Woods and be basically Cle insert Cleveland joke here, I know, we're just going to have to pass on, we just have to make one. That you're missing the whole point of what of what happened with her. She already moved in the main show, and they kept them further away from the louds in the main show before the spinoff even happened. So they're not going to they're not going to reverse that. I don't know why people thought that that would happen. It's not going to. It would make no sense. Why would Ronnie Ann move back to Royal Woods? Heck, why would Bobby move back to Royal Woods? Lori doesn't even live in Royal Woods anymore. So there would literally be no point in them moving back if Lori's not even at the Loud House anymore. You know, if he moved back 
fact that we have to be three hours away again, and they're still, like, e they're still even, like, further away from each other, because, like, I thought they'd be closer, but according to Fairway, it's about, like, a half hour from the city, so technically they're still a little further away from each other. But they're even a little bit closer now, so it makes sense. But for them to move back, no, you don't do that. Like, they're not gonna do that anyway, so don't put that, put, don't put that thought in your mind. I know a lot of people are telling me, well, she moves back to be some more, to be more Ronnie and Lincoln content. I'm not going to, you, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, because, like, people are probably going to tell me that I'm being, like, super hypocritical or something. I don't know what that's the word I'm looking for, but it's like, they're like, well, you're a Roddy Kid shipper, so wouldn't you be happy if she moved back? Or, you know, wouldn't it be like, oh, she wanted to be Roddy Kid content and stuff? And I'm like, you know, as a, as a shipper of them, I get it. But at the same time, Roddy Ann is a character, an individual character, and should not be reduced to a relationship with Lincoln. Again, I know I complained about the whole thing that they don't mention each other, but literally they don't mention each other, so I know that's that. But like, in the sense of, I don't want her character be reduced to just related to Lincoln. She's still an individual character, and I love her as an individual character. I, I hate that I have to like, you know, explain that, but again, Roddy Ann should just you know, she should grow on her own. You know, she have her own character development. She should have her own friends, her own life. She has her own life in the city, and that's why they should not move her back to Royal Woods. Don't do that, okay? I hate to say this, but if they do move her back, then I'd probably quit the show, honestly. Because, again, you're not respecting what they did with the characters. You know, I just, I hate to say that, but if they mistreat the Casagrandes like that and say, oh, like, something happened where they have to move to Royal Woods, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that means they, they... That means the spinoff meant nothing. It, it means they just didn't care about the spinoff and how the characters are, are further away from the louds. It'd be a disrespect to the characters and how, you know, Great Lake City has helped Roddy and grow out of her shell, gave her her main best friend, her group of friends. Bobby has the Mercado. It's his safe space. He has a, a job he loves. The family has a, a place there. There's no reason for them to move to Royal Woods. Okay, so I'm sorry I didn't need to come off like that, but... I feel like when people say that it's a disrespect to the spinoff, because I know a lot of people did not watch the spinoff, and I'll be, you'll be, I'll be realistic about that. And again, if you just have them move back, that means the whole spinoff did not matter, and everything about Roddy's development with the city did not matter, and that should matter, and that should stick. I know that's sad that they say, but that's the whole point. They should stay further away from the Louds. Have them visit more would be great. I'd love if Roddy Ann would visit Royal Woods more often. And they do that, absolutely. But do not have her move back. Have her visit more often. I love how Lincoln visits the city. That's absolutely wonderful. But they, for some reason, don't want her to visit Royal Woods. I don't know why. <laughs> so, I'm, again, I'm hoping Season 6 might change that. But again, if you do that in the future... I won't mind it, but don't move her back to Royal Woods, Nickelodeon or the Loud House crew, okay? Keep them in the city. That's where they belong, alright? Good? We good, okay. But yeah, I, I, I just say, as I said on Twitter, I'm very optimistic about how they'll handle the characters. Hopefully someone like Miguel or the rest of the Casa crew will go over to Loud House and they'll handle the Casa Grandes. I think the best case scenario about it is that they have episodes like the Casa arc from season 4. Where they have 5 to 10 episodes dedicated to the Casa Grandes. Or just you know, split, like to spread them around. You know? That way we see how, what's going on with the, the Casa Grandes. It's like how they handle them in the, in the, uh, in the graphic novels. Because... 
In the graphic novels, they'll they'll split them up between Loud House and Casa Grandes, and we see what's going on with the Casa crew and what's up with them, and it's like Roddy and with Sid or her friends or the whole family. So again, you could do that absolutely. Like we could just check in and see what's going on with them, you know, and, and from time to time. And again, visit Royal Woods, absolutely. Have the Louds visit the city, absolutely. Do that, you know, but don't reduce them to just. Uh, crossover bait, you know? Make sure we check it on Bobby, see what he's doing, you know, have an episode with Lori, but, you know, like, check in to see what's going on with the Mercado. Have Roddy Ed continue to grow in the city, and, and give her a focus episode that's just dedicated to her, or the Casagrande's family overall, you know? Just, again, don't reduce them to just crossover bait. Make sure you treat them as if they did have their own show, but they're still individual characters that are not reduced to just crossover bait in the main show. Because, again, we already had an episode that was just the Casagrande, days, the only allowed that appears is Lincoln, which is Spies Who Love Me. Do it like that, but again, do it like the Casa arc in Season 4. Again, you could have Roddy and Lincoln have a video chat, or Lori and Bobby have a video chat, but again, make sure it's still focused on the Casa characters, you know, and then, and then whatever they're up to. I think that'd be the best case scenario. I think, personally, they'll just do, like, Roddy and, and Bobby focus episodes. We probably won't get any you know, Carl episodes, or CG episodes, or Rosa and Hector, I don't know. Like, again, I don't know how they'll go about it. The other sad thing is that, yes, we could still see Sid, because with Roddy Ann and her group of friends, we could probably still see Sid, but the Changs and Adelaide and Becky, uh, Lair, I mean, yeah, Lair was in the front group, but, like, Becky and some other side characters... It's not, I don't think it's possible for them to come back. Unless, again, it's just like Roddy and, uh, we, we check out Roddy and see how she's doing in school or something, you know. But, like, there's a possibility that the other side characters from Casa will not ever show up again. And that's kind of sad to think about when Casa was so good at remembering their side characters. Like, they literally never forgot a single side character and Loud House always forgets, forgets them at the drop of a hat, you know? And so hopefully, maybe if the Casa group goes over the Loud House, if some of them do, I don't know, some of them have already, most of them have already left, but if they go over, if some of them go over the Loud House, they could at least handle that and be like, let's not forget side characters, you know, incorporate them into episodes. That's my main problem is how is the treatment of the Casagrandes going to be once it go over to the main show, you know? And, <laughs> you know, it's hard because my show is called Casa Loud Chats and it, people are probably, telling me you should probably rename your show. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to keep it this way because the Casagrandes aren't going away. The show is going away, but the characters aren't art, you know, like, we're still gonna be here, like, yes, the Casagrandes will end after three seasons, I believe the show will end probably around this year, probably, like, summer or maybe fall, uh, but, you know, for, 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 but for the time being, I will still be Casalow Chats, and I'll continue to be so, it, because, again, they're not getting rid of these characters, as I said on Saran's show, the best thing about this is that they're not abandoning the Casagrandes, they're not abandoning Roddy Ann, they're not abandoning Bobby, they're not abandoning their family, it's just, yes, they'll be reduced a little bit, but if they at least have a nice balance, then it'll be good, Again, the problem is overcrowding in terms of a show that's already super crowded with character for some characters who don't even have focus episodes for themselves, you know, so that's going to be a bigger problem that might get even worse down the line. That's why I think that Loud House should 
not just announce a season seven, but announce a season eight. And I think season eight should be the final season. I think that's what my uh, my my guesstimate should be. Season eight, because that way, you know, with a crowded show, even more crowded than it already is, they need to have more seasons now because they have even more characters. So that's going to be something in the future. <laughs> Again, I, I, I'm a little worried about how it's going to be, but at the same time, I'm like... I'm still a little optimistic that, again, the characters won't go away, but the show will. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's the news about the Casa Grandes, that it's ending after three seasons. And I won't lie, I'm very disappointed, because, again, with my podcast... The whole reason I made this podcast was because it was supposed to be dedicated to the Casagrandes, because I love them so much. I love Radian so much. I love her whole family. I love the whole show. But then I, the day I incorporated both shows because I figured, well, we got to talk about both shows since they cross over together. But see, but see now that I was like dreading the day that one of these shows was going to get canceled. It had to be the Casa Grandes. Just disappoints me because I have so many great memories of talking to Miguel and Isabella and all the crew and cast of the Casa Grandes that were so friendly and nice to me and engaging to the fans. That it's going to be so hard to let go of those memories, you know, especially with a lot of things that happened to the Casa Grandes that I absolutely love. Like, 2019 was amazing. Like, that year was so incredible, being a Casa Grande fan, and it was like, I was over the moon during that time. I, it was just amazing. I remember Isabella liking a lot of my fan art and stuff. It was just... It was just special. Like, those memories will never go away from me. And the fact that the show that really touched me... <clears throat> It's going to be canceled and going away, but incorporated the main show. I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, it, it's hard because I'm upset because I love the Casa Grande show, but at the same time, I'm like, well, they're going over in the main show, so I'm, like, conflicted right now. I'll be upset once we get to that end point of the show ending, but once I see how they'll handle the Casa Grande to the main show, maybe I won't be as sad as I, as I was, but... I just want to say thank you to the cast and crew of the Castagrandes for making such a beautiful show. You made something that was really special and it really taught me a lot about Hispanic culture. And there's nothing really like it that I've really watched before. And, you know, you, you taught me a lot, you know, and it's so amazing that I got to see a show like this. Uh, a, a, a family represented like this on TV is always amazing to see with this representation. And I know a lot of my Latino friends were really thankful for it too so again I again I'm not Latino but I really respected seeing the culture represented in this show and learning a lot from it so thank you Miguel and thank you everybody on the show for putting your hand and your culture into the show to be represented and it was absolutely amazing and I hope you I hope all of you if you go on to new projects make something just as amazing as the Casa Grande's. Oh boy, yeah, that was, that took a lot out of me, and today's episode is going to take a lot out of me, because I'm also talking about some really great stuff, so, you know, I forgot to say on top of the show, there's a very special episode of the Casagrandes that I can't wait to talk about on my show, but, you know, I was still thinking about the Casagrandes being cancelled, and that really put down my mood, but of course, now we're going to lift up the mood, because, because we have lots of exciting stuff to talk about, so, why don't we get into the good stuff, shall we? <laughs> So let's start with the Casagrandes, shall we? Because again, yes, the show will be ending in the future, but we do know about future titles of episodes of the Casagrandes for season three. Actually, we know about one of them, one of the descriptions or 
uh, one, yeah, one of the scriptures for them we know about now is one of the specials for uh, the Casa Grandes. This is the second special, I believe. Yes. I was like, is this the first one? No, the Halloween special. Yeah. Um, the, this one we know about is the specials episode seven. It's the Golden Curse. The Casa Grandes celebrate Paco's wedding, but they need to find Las Aras that Sergio lost. Oh, Sergio. <laughs> So, uh, as I said on Twitter, I don't know who asked for this, like, as a special. You know, I don't really think this is the best choice to do a special, but I was thinking about it later on where I'm like, you know, like, they say they're gonna find this Las Aris, like, oh, so some sort of, I guess it's some sort of thing you use during a wedding. I, again, I'm just, I don't know about this stuff, okay, I should have researched, but, um... But yeah, after I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, if this could be, like, the Casa Grande's version of Tripped. Uh, not Tripped. Uh, the Camped. Why did I say Tripped? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm out of it. Uh, Camped. Like, their version of Camped from Season 5, where the Louds were trying to save uh, Liz Cedar's uh, camp, but then, the, the camp that Liz Cedar went to, but then they were finding all this treasure, and it's like, oh, we want to keep the treasure. This is basically like, I, this is going to be like their version of that, where it's a big treasure hunt. Um, oh my gosh, what is- yeah. So in season two, they had Fool's Gold, which was basically me and the boys episode, the back-to-back me and the boys episodes. And Fool's Gold, Gold was like, you know, the, the DuckTales version of a Casagrande episode, uh, or the Casagrande version of a DuckTales episode, and I was like, this should have been like a special or something. So this is gonna be like their- so this is gonna be like their version of like that, like it's full life. It's also gonna be like a treasure hunt that I'm gonna be pretty excited about. And also, I hope Roddy is the flower girl. <laughs> That's all I want this episode. Like I'm not really excited for it as a special, but if they surprise us with like you know it being kind of like a very action-packed like Indiana Jones style type episode with it being a two-parter, I am very excited on that. But right now, it's not really looking like anything interesting for a special. But you know. Let's hope at least they give some something out of it for us. Because right now I'm just like, really? This? It's a special? But I don't know. You know, it's the third season. They, you should be going all out and hopefully it goes all out. Um, but there are some episode titles we know about. Like, they announced all these titles for every single... Like, almost the rest of all of season three. <laughs> almost. We still have some episodes missing. So now we have up to 11A, Race Against the Machine, My Fair Cat Lady, Survival of the Unfitness, Nick Signals, I Fiddly, Cut the Crismy, um, Kick Some Bot, Salvador Doggy, Drag Through the Garden, The Sound of Metal, uh, Alpaca Lies, Rocket Plan, 12 is Midnight, and there's literally just a episode called 12 is Midnight. Oh, that's a special. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. Okay, oh, I wonder what that's gonna be about. Gee, I can't figure out what that would be about. 12 is Midnight, I have no clue. <laughs> um, The Odd Father, Long Shot, Flock This Way, and then the finale of season three will be Movers and Fakers. Hmm, movers and fakers. I wonder who be moving. I hope it's not the Casa Grande's to Royal Woods. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is, that is very interesting that we have all those titles for the rest of season three. There's only two episodes missing. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, again, there's no synopsis for these. They're all just titles. And, you know, obviously we'll find out what these episodes are about in the future. And then jumping over to the Loud House for season six. Uh, so season six will premiere this month. Um, as the time I record this is Friday, March 4th. And they are finally airing the season five 
finale, it's not the official finale, Frame on You and Appetite for Destruction is the f true finale of Season 5, but it is the finale of Season 5, the, f the last episode that needs to air in Season 5, which is High Crimes and Runaway McBride. I've already seen these episodes, I can't talk about them, uh, I can't talk about them yet until they air this month, and of course, March will be the takeover of Loud House. No Casa Grande episodes, Casa is on a break, which is good, because Casa had a nice run for now, and of course, Season 3 will end soon, so so give them a little break. Loud House needs to air season six. The sad part about this month is that for some reason Nickelodeon decided to skip the first episode of season six and skip to episode two. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they're doing that. I, I guess maybe they're saving the first two episodes for something, but they should at least air them in the right order. I don't know. So, yeah. So, yeah, The as I said before, the first episode of season six is going to be Present Danger. Dressed as David Steele, Link is on the hunt for a stolen birthday present before it gets destroyed. Of course, I'm really excited for that one. Uh, and I don't know when it's coming out because it's not coming out this month for some reason. Um... I don't think I talked about this one. The second episode with Present Danger is Stress for the Part. After landing a role in, Dairyland, in a Dairyland production, Luann must hide this news from Miss Bernardo, whom she beat out. So yeah, Luann is the sister that gets the first episode of season, uh, season 6. I'm very surprised that they chose Wan to be the first one, but, you know, they're, like, you know, emphasizing Wan's love of theater nowadays, besides being a prankster, so it's cool that she got the first episode, but again, they should air the first episode, I don't know why they're, I don't know why they're skipping, I don't know, I have no clue with Nickelodeon, then again, they waited forever to air High Crime, so I won't be surprised if they wait till, like, summer to air present danger and stress for the part. Uh, but the episode that is going to be airing next week, March 11th, the two episodes are Don't Escargot and Double Trouble. So, to so Don't Escargot, when Clyde has an opportunity to study cooking in France, the gang tries to keep him close to the home. So, yeah, Clyde gets the second episode of season six. Good for him. Uh, and, and, and continuity for the Loud House movie because his ancestors, I believe his grandmother, did uh, cook is, or is living in France. So I guess he has the opportunity to go there and uh, stud yeah, study cooking. And the, and the friends are trying to keep him there. Yeah, I don't think Clyde should go because he should not make the same mistake Lincoln did where Lincoln didn't think about abandoning his family and friends for Scotland in the movie. So this is basically Lincoln making up for that. Like, I hope maybe they'll reference the movie where like, uh, Clyde thinks that he should go to France and Lincoln's like, no, no buddy, you can't make that mistake. Remember when I was going to abandon everybody for Scotland and like his friends look at him like, what? I, I, no, I mean, you, 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 I was going to tell you guys. Because, again, he only told Clyde. He didn't tell his other group of friends, so they're like, what? And he's like, um, yeah, I forgot to tell you guys about that. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's great that Clyde's getting a focus episode. Good for him. Um, and, of course, it's with the friends, as usual. We're, we're going to get a ton of Lincoln and Friends episodes this season, you know. It's, it's per usual. But I'm pretty excited for it just because it has continuity from the Loud House movie, and I like that. I like seeing that. And then Double Trouble, Lola and Lana take out Cheryl and Merrill for the position of twin spokespeople for Aunt Palm's Parlor. Yeah, so a, a twins episode. That is very good because, you know, last season we had a twin episode and Strife at the Party is not one of the best episodes of the show. <laughs> it's one of the weaker ones. So it's good that the twins are getting another episode together. And I guess, you know, they, they had to do this because after they made the whole Cheryl and Merrill joke with her 
you know, with Cheryl being a twin, even though it's just recolored Cheryl <laughs> with Meryl, they had to do this at this point with taking on the twins. It's basically the whole grub snub thing where they had to do Letty's friends versus Lincoln's friends kind of thing, which I hope that's not, I hope Double Trouble isn't a big disappointment like grub snub was, <laughs> but let, we'll see. It, it sounds pretty interesting. And then, uh, the next episode, the, the, the uh, the, the, the next episode that will air March 18th are Flip This Flip, oh boy, <laughs> and Haunted House Call. Yes, of course, folks, we get our traditional flip episode every season nowadays, huh? <sighs> okay. But again, continuity I like. The loud kids help Flip clean up his image to impress his middle school crush. So it's the girl from, uh, Flip Miss Carol that he, that he liked from the backstory. So again... I like seeing continuity. I don't like seeing the flip episode, but what can you do? At Haunted House Call, when the Morticians Club can't afford tickets to Casicon, they decide to start a business to raise money. So yes, Lucy representing, yeah, Lucy gets her episode, let's go! And early in the season, good for Lucy. They always seem to be getting these Mortician Club episodes, and it's like, that way Lucy gets an episode. So I know my friend Nia was very happy about this, and I'm very happy for him to get a Lucy episode with the Morticians Club. It's always good to see them together. <clears throat> <clears throat> And then, uh, the next episode we know about, uh, next two episodes that are gonna air March 25th are Musical Chairs and The Taunting Hour. So, Musical Chairs, Lincoln convinces his teacher to join the doodads in order to get a better seat in class. Ah, yes, it took you a season to finally figure out you shouldn't be sitting, uh, in front of Chandler, huh, Lincoln? <laughs> I feel like that's what it's gonna be, where Chandler's still, like, bugging him so much, so he tries to convince Mr. Bolhoffner to switch his spot, and of course Mr. Bolhoffner says no, so he convinces him to join the doodads to get a better seat. I think that's how it's gonna go, which is gonna be very interesting, but, yeah, I mean, it's a Lincoln episode, of course, I'm excited for it, but, you know, it's very, uh... I never thought they would do something like this, but hey, you know, at least to get more, give Lincoln more focus episodes. I'm cool with that. And then we get to a very interesting episode, which is the Taunting Hour. After Lincoln tries to help Lynn get over a heckler at her soccer game, the Louds realize they all have critics. So this first reminded me of the episode Driving Ambition from season 3, where the, the siblings do help out Lori when she's nervous about playing golf in the competition. So it's gonna be another one of those where it's like, oh, a, a sibling is like, in trouble and the and the family comes together to like help them, which I like. I also like that it's Lincoln helping Lynn at first, since it's sort of a sequel episode to this to cook, which we should have we should have gotten episodes like this back in season five, since they're both in the same school together. You know, they're both in the same class they're both the same they're both middle schoolers. So Lincoln seeing that someone is heckling Lynn at her soccer game that is really great. Like, I love Lincoln stepping up as a brother, being like, no, don't do that to my sister. Or, like, he sees that someone's heckling her, and, like, he confronts her about it, and she's like, you know, I don't really... Like, I imagine Lynn, like, is used to this. You know, maybe Lincoln has never... Although it's weird, because, like, you would think Lincoln... Like, well, Lincoln's gone to some of her games and stuff, but, like, you would think he'd be used to the fact that somebody would be, like, taught to you, like, oh, that was a bad throw, or what is it, soccer soccer game. So it's like, oh, I want a bad kick, you know? Like, you're used to that. But maybe this this person who's heckling Lynn is so terrible that it really just, like, makes Lincoln confront this person or confront Lynn and is like, aren't you mad that that person is, like, saying mean things about you? And she's used to it because, again, she's a, she's a sports person. So it's like, oh, this happens all the time at my games. People could get really crazy and say I'm, like, terrible or a loser or whatever. 
But Lincoln is so upset that he goes to all the siblings and tells them that Wynn is being, you know, heckled by this person all the time. And they're like, well, yeah, like, we know how you feel. Or maybe Lynn is the one that, like, is so upset about it. Like, she's complained about it. Like, at first she's used to it, but then it gets so bad that she, like, complains about it to Lincoln. And that's when all the siblings come in and say, yeah, we know how you feel. I feel like people like Lynn and Luna and Lola especially would be people that will understand how uh, Lynn feels. Like, because Luna, Luna, you know, performs on stage as a rocker, and I'm sure there's somebody in the crowd will say, Boo! Your music stinks, you know? Or Luann. <laughs> Luann should know firsthand that people find her jokes terrible, right? <laughs> or her puns. She should be very aware of that. And Lola, of course, being the pageant queen, should probably know that people will probably boo her all the time or something like that. And Lincoln, you know, Lincoln now is a magician, so he performs on stage. He's probably gotten cold feet when someone has said, Oh, your trick was terrible. As we've we're, as we're going to talk about in a certain episode, Skatey Cat, <laughs> 10 out of 10 best episode of Casagrandes, he mentioned how, you know, he was so scared to do a trick for a while until he had the guts to do it. And I feel like that would be the same thing here. Where he tells Lynn, you know, he was performing on stage and people thought, like, his magic show or, like, his trick wasn't funny or good or whatever and eventually he couldn't take it anymore, you know. Because, like, Lincoln, you know, he has more confidence now. But as Skatey Cat had showed that even if he has more confidence, he still gets scared to do something even if he messes up. So something like Saved by the Spell, where he wasn't worried about his reputation. Yeah, he's not worried about his reputation, but if something bad were to happen during, during his show, I know that he would get, like, you know, he would freak out and everybody would boo him and he would get so terrified that he wouldn't do it again. So I feel like he would be the one person that would know that as well as the others. So I like that idea. Like, maybe even Lori shows up on a video call to to tell Lynn, like, she knows how uh, she feels because, again, like, she's, you know, been playing golf and when, you know, she misses a, a, a hole or something, people will boo her all the time. So I really like the idea that the whole family will come together and tell Lynn that they understand how she feels and it's best that she ignores this guy and move on with her life and don't let it get to you and stuff like that because I, that's very relatable. Um, but the other thought I had about it was it really reminded me of this episode from My Little Pony Pony, um, you pro the Friendship is Magic. I forget the name of the episode, but it's the one where uh, Twilight uh, she sends out the the journal that she was bringing that she was writing to Princess Celestia. She prints it and, and like sells it to all the other ponies. And they basically read off stuff, and it's like, it's basically a call-out episode to the fandom who took the show too seriously. It's like, why is Fluttershy learn to say lesson, or why is Rarity so uptight, or who cares about Applejack, or whatever. And it's like, we're not like, and, and Twilight's like, well, we're not like, we're not like characters, we're not like objects, we're real people. So I could imagine that maybe this could be, if they wanted to do, go this route, it could be a meta episode where they basically call out all the terrible takes that people have about the sisters in the fandom. You know, the ones I mean. I'm not going to really mention them, but like the good sister, bad sister thing where it's like, oh, like some guy, like, like Lola saying like, oh, like somebody thought I was so angry or whatever, you know. Or Wan's like, man, why do people find Mr. Coca that's so annoying? I love him so much. And everybody just stares at her. <laughs> yeah, like, that could be really fun. If it was like a whole like meta uh, episode episode where they're basically fully aware of how the fandom views like the sisters or Lincoln but I don't know like the show really doesn't really do that much except except like like 
unintentionally. Like, again, my favorite call-out thing ever is still, it's always Lincoln from Be Still in My Heart. Because, yes, it's always Lincoln. <laughs> you know? Because so true. They probably didn't mean to say that, but it's so true. It's always Lincoln. So, I'm wondering if it will be, like, a whole meta episode. But if it isn't, like, I'm still thinking it's going to be, like, driving ambition. Where all the sisters and Lincoln come together to prove to Lynn that she's not the only one that goes through this. And I would really like that. Again, it would, it would be kind of like her version of driving ambition where she was helping Lori get over her fear of, you know, like, uh, uh, hitting the golf ball to win that competition to get in the fairway. It would be like, you know, her version of that, which I really like. I like the idea of this episode. It could be really good. It could also be very cringy if, <laughs> if something's happening here that might either be a call out to the fandom or might not be handled well, but I'm looking forward to it a lot. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. And then, uh, future episodes that are coming up for Season 6 of The Loud House, we know titles, but no descriptions. So, these are A Bug Stripe, All in the Rage, Scoop Snoop, I Can't, Dine and Bash, Sofa So Good, The Last Laugh, Driver's, Driver's Dread, Bummer Camp, Sleepstakes, Lights, Camera, Nuclear Reaction, Food Courting, Save the Last Pants, and a Stella Performance. So yeah, Stella fans get hyped because there was an actual Stella episode this season. Congratulations, you finally got your Stella episode. I'm so excited. Yes, we finally did it. I mean, we had one with uh, season four, but we've been, this should be a real quintessential Stella episode for sure. Um... But before we get into the episode reviews, we have to talk about the other thing that was announced today, which is the first special of season six. It is called Late. <laughs> I don't know. I really like that title. It's it's, it's funny. Um. When Royal Woods is in danger of being flooded to make room for a sixth great lake, the town comes together to prove they're worth saving. So yes, it is the Save the Town uh, plot that you've heard of many times that cartoons have done. Of course, the best example being the Hey Arnold movie. Every every TV show, every movie has done the Save the Town you know thing. But I like that the Loud House is doing this because... This could be a big opportunity for them to have the whole... If they're, if they're saying the whole town comes together as a, as a special, by the way. It is, a, it is the first special of season six. This could mean they could bring back side characters they've never shown before in a while. You know, this is their opportunity to bring back as many characters as possible. Again, don't want to get my hopes up on this because it says a sixth great lake. No, it is not related to Great Lake City. As much as we want that. I know some people said, well, it's the Great Lake as in, like, the lake surrounding Michigan. Yes. Great Lake City is not in Michigan. That is in, that is in well, technically in Illinois. Well, Chicago is, is Chicago, Illinois. So, it's not Michigan. <laughs> it is another city, so it's not related. Maybe it could be, but I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up and say, hey, maybe, like, Roddy and Bobby will show up because they used to live in Royal Woods. Maybe. Because it's a two-part special, but I'm more excited that, that they're finally bringing the whole town of Royal Woods together to stop this, uh, to stop, to stop the town from being flooded. You know, that, that is crazy to think about that the whole town could get flooded because of Sixth Great Lake. Why are you putting in another river, or why are you putting in another lake if you know it could flood the entire town? You know, but I'm sure we'll find out 
eventually once we do see what this episode is gonna be about or of course get a trailer and everything but yeah I'm very excited for the first special of season six and it's the fourth episode so we're gonna get it right away of course you know um and some people said I do wish we could this could have been the first episode of season six but again it's early on in the season I'm not complaining I'm very excited for another special so I can't wait for this one it's probably gonna be paired up with the uh, Casa Grande's uh wedding special <laughs> wedding episode I wish that could have been like a Lori Bobby wedding episode or you know I'm, I'm just joking <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not gonna say what was the other one but um but yeah, no, I'm very excited for all these upcoming episodes of, of The Casa Grande Season 3 and Loud House Season 6. It's a very exciting time for both shows. I say both shows and then like the Loud House will continue the Casa Grande's won't, but for the time being, very exciting time. I was say for the time being until Casa Grande's ends. But right now, we still have new episodes of both shows. It's very exciting. Yes, yeah, so that is all the recent news for the Loud House and the Casa Grande's, mainly focusing on episode news. I'm not sure there's any other news involving other stuff. Uh, I believe that the second Casa Grande comic came out, and, you know, talking about that, it's mostly just reused comics, and there's like two or three new stories, so, you know, there's not really a lot to say on that one. But Jeff Whitman of Paper Cuts did tell me that the third Casa Grande comic will have brand new stories, hence why they call it brand stinking new. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah. But other than that, it was just episode news. So let's jump over to the episode reviews as the Casa Grandes took over all of February. So very exciting. So start with the first episode that aired, which was Let's Get Ready to Rumba. Which, I don't know, I should really title February as the Hector Month. Because Hector got two episodes back to back that month. Which is crazy to me. <laughs> you know, Hector, Hector's getting a lot this season. Good for him. Um... So let's get ready to rumba. When Hector declines Rose's offer to join her dance class, he quickly gets he quickly gets jealous of her talented instructor. So yeah, this is basically Casa Grande's version of Teed Off from season two, where Bobby was jealous of Lori's golf instructor. This time it's a dance instructor. I mean, of course it's done differently, but it's basically the same plot where somebody's jealous of someone else and of course it's a whole misunderstanding you know with you and it was that you know he was he already had a girlfriend or fiance and Bobby was just jealous because he was super looking so uh, super good looking and with uh with uh Rosa's dance instructor we find out he's gay and has a husband which was really cool as Casa Grande is always doing great LGBTQ plus representation of course one B of course being Becky and her girlfriend Dodge um but yeah I the thing with the Hector episodes, I won't have a lot to say on them, but, you know, this one's fine. <laughs> I think it's kind of forgettable, which is sad because this whole episode is basically just Rosa and Hector. I mean, Hector kind of had- Hector now has his own group of buddies with Vito and- Excuse me. With Vito and Bruno and Sergio, because <laughs> they gotta put Sergio in every episode for some reason. Um, But yeah, it's kind of just- meh. Like, after I watched it, I really did not think about it the next day, and I watched it again for this review, and I'm like, I don't really have anything else to take away from it, other than, that's cool, the, the dance instructor turned out to have a husband, that's neat. And then Hector learned that he had to, like, you know, you had to do, do something nice for his wife. And that one scary face that Rosa makes at Hector is hilarious. And I wish this could have been a lot more engaging because I love Rosa and Hector. We should have gotten an episode just about them, you know, for, like, for a while. And I really like the episode where Roddy and tries to get them back together in Grandparent Trap, even though that was Missed Opportunity episode. But this episode was, like, 
I don't know, it wasn't really that much, and I wish it could have been more focused on Rosa and Hector. Majority of the time it's focused on Hector trying to, you know, distract the instructor or get him fired, you know, with his, with Bruno and Vito and Sergio, but I don't know, it's just I wish it could have been a lot more than what it was. It kind of disappointed me the way 15 Candles disappointed me in that it should have been more than what it was, but it's fine for what it is, you know, that's all I really say about it, it's just, it's fine. <laughs> I wish I had more to say about it. It's like, yeah, it's passable. It's good. But like, that's really all I have to say about it. I didn't really go back to it afterwards. It's just like, I watched it for reviewing this and then I didn't really have much to say after that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> this isn't much, much of a great review of this episode, but I just think it's fine. <laughs> The next episode I want to talk about is Pearl Malo. Our sweet Lalo gets switched with the mischievous Perlito Malo for the day, and the Casagrandes need to get their pup back. Now, this episode, to me, was the surprise banger. Like, we weren't, we weren't expecting this episode to be this good, but it turned out to be great. <laughs> There's so much in this episode I want to talk about. There's, like, a lot of callbacks, a lot of, like, references, so a lot of great moments in this episode, like... I love this episode. I think it's great. Like, it's one of the best of the season. Mainly because, again, it is another Lala episode. And I was so excited that Lala would get another episode because, again, he only had one in season two. And it's like, great, another Lala episode. I love to see that. Instead of Sergio getting more episodes, Lala should. And the first thing I want to talk about this episode is that the return of Anna Rinalda! Oh my god! When were they gonna bring this back? Oh my gosh. Like, again, Miguel has been, like, listening to us and hearing, like, what do the fans want for season three? And they're bringing back Anna, they bring back Anna Rinalda. And at first, I was, like, really excited because, again, we have not seen them watch or reference Anna Rinalda since season one in Operation Dad. When, when Arturo comes back, he mentions he was an extra in Anna Rinalda because Rodian was like, oh, like, we can record all the episodes for you. And he's like, no, I was an extra. And ever since then, not even in season two, not even in the background, they did not reference Anna Rinalda. Because then Rodian's uh, love switched from Anna Rinalda to, uh, to La Tormenta again. Because I was really excited when they remembered La Tormenta from the Ark. Again, that was La Tormenta and Anna Rinalda are both from the Ark. So when they switched over to bringing back her love of, uh, her love of La Tormenta, even though in the Ark, La Tormenta had retired, but then she came back or she was still wrestling. It was weird. It's like, oh, she's gonna, this is her for, for, this is her final uh, performance. That's why Ronnie M wanted to watch the match. And then all of a sudden she's back to do it again. I don't know about wrestling or not wrestling, but <laughs> I don't know about that. But um but yeah, like they have not watched other Ronaldo at all since season one. And to see them actually watching it again was crazy. It's like, what, for the final episode of season three, Miguel? Are you going to make them watch Dreamboat? <laughs> I mean, I would love to see that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so seeing that where they brought back other Ronaldo, I love to see that. But then I remembered, I, I, I well, not remembered. I was like, wait. Now I understand why they brought back Otto Rinalda, because of the joke they make in the episode, where it's like, oh, uh, it's <laughs> Carl, like, the, the Otto Rinalda is, like, talking about something, and it's like, I am their evil twin cousin, and Carl's like, another twin? And Hector goes, it seems like this happens every time on this show, <laughs> which is basically them poking fun at the whole, we're doing the trope of the evil twin episode, which they do in this episode with Milo. But again, that's what I realized... <clears throat> Oh, so they did the whole Malo, per, uh, no, they did the whole Lalo 
Milo thing because it's funny, it's a joke, it's a pun. But then they probably, like, when they were writing the episode, they probably remembered, oh yeah, we did the whole, like, uh, you know, twins, like, Rodney looks like this other character on the show, Anna Renolda thing, so let's bring back Anna Renolda for the extra joke. So now I understand why they brought it back, because this whole episode was about having a secret twin, and Rodney was always saying how she looks like Anna Renolda, and yes, she does, even though it's another per person or another actor on TV, it just happens to look like her. So that's the same thing with Milo here that looks like Lalo, and they're from, like, the same litter. When Hector was younger, and he, he got uh, Lalo, because Milo looked too dangerous, and, then, and instead he was given Lalo. So that's why they look the same. And the other funny thing is that Milo belongs to Becky, which makes absolute sense. <laughs> like, see how, how like, uh, chaotic Milo was? It's no wonder that Becky trained Milo. I mean, I was surprised at first, but I'm like, now I get it. So, I love that they're trying to give Becky more to do, especially since the show was ending soon. So, with her having a secondary role in the uh, Samir episode, and here she has a se another secondary role, it's cool that they're deciding to do more with her. But if they just keep her like this and don't do what you did with her in Gossipy Girl, I'll be fine. Don't do it like that again, I swear, okay? I'm watching you, Miguel. I'm watching you. Well, I say that as the show is already done, but I'm still watching you, Miguel. Anyway, um, and then the other thing I want to mention in this episode is when, uh, is when Lalo's reunited with- Oh, wait, oh my gosh, there's so many other things I want to mention. Um, <laughs> uh, the one other thing besides the thing I was going to mention was when they decide they have to, uh, they have to get rid of Lalo because Milo, as Lalo is being really chaotic, they have to get rid of him. They all start crying rivers of tears and Carlota has the best line in the entire show. As she's crying, she's like, wait, I'm turning into mom. <laughs> it's like Carlota had the best line in the entire show. I can't believe that. But again, Roddy, it always has to stand out lines. I have one. We get to win or beaten. But, um, but then Carl's like, no, you're a man. Hold it back. <laughs> And then they're all crying, rivers of tears. It's like, yep, those are the Casta Grandes. They all learn for Frida. Um, but then, like, I just love when Lalo is reunited with the Casta Grandes. Rodian is the one to go to him and just, she loves her dog so much. It makes me so happy, you know, because she was the one that was supposed to watch him. Of course, she got distracted, but then she realized she shouldn't take Lalo for granted. And I just love when they hug. It's so cute. And then Lalo licks her and her hair sticks up, which is a callback to Relative Chaos. The first time we see Lalo, he is licking her face, and then her hair sticks up, and they do that in the episode twice, and they also do it in City Slickers a second time. Um, so it was awesome that they, like, remembered that. So, I don't know, is Miguel, like, <laughs> well, for this season, was Miguel, like, what are, are the other gags from, like, the Casa Grandes we haven't done yet that we could do to end the show. Oh yeah, we haven't done that, dude. <laughs> we haven't, right? Next thing you know, we're gonna have like Carlota babysitting Adelaide. Yeah, remember when that was supposed to be a thing? That never happened, right, Casa? <laughs> and, uh, Carlota was supposed to babysit Adelaide. She talked about it constantly in Friended. And then it's like, oh, we have the same side. And then Carlota and Adelaide never interact once in the spinoff, which is crazy to me. <laughs> so, you know, imagine that that happens. But... 
But yeah, no, this was a, such a surprise banger episode. It should not have been this good, but the fact that they brought back, like, they callbacks and references to things that are from the past of the Casagrandes, whether from the Loud House or in the spinoff, made me so happy to see. That's what I'm going to miss about the Casagrandes, is that they're amazing with their continuity, and I hope that the Loud House is still learning from the Casagrandes. This is how you do continuity and callbacks. Again, Season 5 has been doing that well, and I hope in Season 6 they continue to do a better job than they've done in the past. But Casagrandes was always, always on, on point with their continuity. That's always the thing I praised about them, besides the representation was the amazing continuity in the show. So yeah, Pearl Milo is definitely at the top of my list for season three. It was such a surprise banger episode that I was so happy that it happened. The next episode we have to talk about is Don't Zoo That. Adelaide and Carl go head-to-head -to, -head to win Junior Zookeeper badges, but their competitiveness might ruin both of their chances. Carlade! Yay! The one ship we love to see in the Casagrandes. We gotta love some Carlade. Sort of. <laughs> As always, these Carlade episodes don't really... aren't really much of Carlade, but I can describe this episode in that Carlade is basically a married couple in this episode. They are bickering constantly in this episode. They are a legit marriage cup, uh, mar married couple, and CJ is their marriage counselor. That's the, that's this episode in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this one. You know, from the the Carlade episodes we the Carlade episodes we've gotten. Like, I say that in quotation marks. I mean, like from the episodes we have with Carl and Adelaide, this one is pretty good because again there's a lot of bickering back and forth between Carl and Adelaide because you know it seemed like they were on good terms like sometimes they're hanging like when we see them like hanging out with each other they're pretty cool with each other sometimes they're messing with each other but most of the time they're just chill with each other here they're like bickering constantly over back to back and it's like frequent that they're rivals in this rivals to lovers am I right <laughs> um and then CJ gets caught up in this I love that they're giving CJ more to do this season. I absolutely adore CJ. He is the MVP of this episode. It is the one thing I love about this episode besides Carlade is CJ. And I hope that CJ at least gets one episode this season before before the show ends. Because it seems like they didn't really give CJ a lot to do in this show. And CJ is one of my favorite members of the Casa Grandes. He still has one of my favorite episodes ever, are in the family. But then they just didn't know what else to do with him or give him focus episodes till later on. So give CJ more to do like this. So see CJ like like step up as a leader and you know push Carlade out of their bickering fight and have them work together was amazing. I love seeing the three of them together. But as I said on Saran's show, I wish we could have just gotten like just a Carl Wade episode. I'm not saying that CJ gets in the way, but Uptown Funk is still the Carl Wade episode. And most of the time when we get a Carl Wade episode, it's either Carl's point of view where he's jealous of Adelaide, like, Adelaide like a karate chops, or he's just kind of an okay-ish supportive friend like in the Two for Consequences episode. But then when the episode's not about them, like the Slumber Party episode or the Sergio episode, they're hanging out and being buds, and that should be like for an entire episode. We love seeing them, but I want a full episode like that. But it's like, cool, we get to see more of them and what their you know, relationship is like. It's either Carl's jealous of Adelaide or Adelaide's being snarky with him, or, you know, they're bickering like an old married couple, <laughs> which I love. So maybe we'll eventually get more Carly, like episodes or them just being in episodes, because, you know, I didn't expect Carl to show up in the in the Sergio episode with Adelaide, but they're just like chilling out with each other. I think that's really neat. So they continue to show that before the show ends. 
I won't say no that at all. The next episode is maxed out. Hector finds out that Vito has a huge tab at the Mercado, and, Vi and Vi Victor <laughs> and Vito offers to pay him back no matter what. So again, Hector took over February. He had two back-to-back -back episodes. Okay, good for Hector. And again, like uh, let's get ready to Rumba. I don't really have a lot to say on this one. It's just like. It's basically like, you know, Hector and Vito are basically the Quake and McCloud of the Casa Grandes with their best buddies, and Hector finds out that Vito owes like $10,000 thanks to Bobby. Oh yeah, god damn, gosh, no, gosh darn it, Bobby! <laughs> like, yeah, oh, Bobby, like... <laughs> Poor Bobby, I feel bad for him. I hate when they do, like, stupid jokes with Bobby, and this is, like, one of the worst ones. It's like, don't do this to Bobby, he's smarter than that, just, no. Um, but, like, uh, the one, uh, the one thing I found interesting about this episode was the part where Hector was, like, trying to talk to Roddy and Carl, and it's like, oh, my two favorite grandkids, aka the two characters we love the most on the show that get the most episodes, Roddy and Carl. And Roddy and Carl just, like, walk in with, like, head empty, no thoughts energy. Like, like Hector's like, what's the cheese, Roddy? And Roddy is like, uh, what, what are you talking about? Like, she's like, like, she has no idea what's going on. Like, both of them are just like, he's lost it. <laughs> like, they just come and like, hey, we're here. Oh, right, we're supposed to be like two of the, like, Roddy is like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be the main character of this entire show. What is going on? <laughs> it's like when they, like, step into an episode that's not focused on them. What is going on here? Because <laughs> Hector's going crazy missing Vito. Yeah, again, I don't know, like, I like that Vito did try to work at the Mercado to pay up his due, or pay up his tab. He eventually got a job to try to pay for it, but of course Hector felt bad and just misses his friend. I like that, you know, that, that, that's sweet. It was very sweet, but that's really all I have to say about it. I don't have much to say on it that, 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 that at all. It's just, it was okay. <laughs> it's hard, because I really like Hector, but most of his episodes are just like, Okay, that was fine. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So, yeah, sorry, I have a lot to say on it. Okay, so we're getting to two big episodes. I'm saving Skatey Cat for the last because you all know why. <laughs> you all know once we get the Skatey Cat, you all know why it's gonna be last. But let's talk about Weather Beaten, aka the 100th episode of the Casa Grande. So, congratulations to the Casa Grande, Casa Grande crew for making it to 100 episodes. You guys deserved it. So, Weather Beaten is the 100th episode of the Casa Grandes, and that is a part uh, excuse me, a powerful. The a powerful artifact is coming to the Great Lake City Museum that brings along a storm for the Casa Grandes. So yeah, if you thought that time traveling bandits was one thing in the Casa Grandes, how about Aztec gods that can control the weather? <laughs> yeah, this show is something, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, this is basically just like. Me and the boys episode plus Roddy Ann. That's how I describe this episode. It's it's fun. It's not really anything exciting for the hundredth episode, but I think it's really cool because Charles, the uh, Charles, uh, what was it Charles Carlota's tutor from season two's undivided attention comes back in this episode, which again they always remember their side characters. That's amazing, and they finally show where Carlos works at the Great Lake City University. We finally get to see where Carlos works as a as a professor, which again took you forever this season. But again, it's great to see Carlos get more to do and more focus on like where he worked as a professor. And it's just crazy to me that there's a Great Lake City University that 
Lori could have went to, you know, the same the city with Bobby, or again, Bobby could go to instead of business school, but again, things change, but again, you, 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 you could get, like, a free ride if Carlos is working at a university. I mean, the whole reason he was, like, doing a lecture at Fairway was because he's a professor, but it's just weird that they have a university in Great, Le Great Lake City that was so... You know, it was so easy for Lori to just be there. That way, her and Bobby could have gone to college together as planned. But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna be on that for too long. But uh, I think it's pretty cool that they, we finally see Great Lakes City University. And this is where Carlos works. And Charles is one of his uh, students. I think that's really neat. But most of it is just like Roddy and Carl and CJ get, and uh, Carlitos getting into shenanigans. Messy with the weather. You know, just cute kid shenanigans. You know, like, I just... It was, it's just a fun episode, but it has some great moments in it, too. Like, the part where they bring back the, uh, the, the artifact, and then Charlo, the Charles is telling him you have to give the god something, and Ronnie and says, can we give him Carl? <laughs> like, that's just amazing. I, 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 Ronnie is so unhinged. Or, like, the part where she's, like, they're, like, they need to sacrifice something, and it's like, here's a tamale, and CJ's like, a tamale? It's from the good truck. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? Like, what do you mean the good truck? Like, th th doesn't Rosa work at that tamale truck? What does she mean by that? That's the good truck. Um, the one that Rosa works at? So, what does she mean? I don't know. It's just weird. But, and I found that so funny. The good truck. Um, and then Carl has to give up Elfa Cone and they, like, play it up as if it's, like, like a tragedy. But then it's like, I was thinking to myself, but he's probably, he probably has like five figurines at home. And then when Roddy is like, I'm sorry you had to give up the one thing you loved. And Carl's like, no, I have like five dolls at home. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. <laughs> it's like, why do you, why do you like play this up when you probably have like five Alpha action figures at home that you could play with? It's fine. <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, no, uh, I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say on this one either. I'm just happy that they made it to 100 episodes. And it's just like a really fun episode. That's all I'll say on it. It's just like, again, uh, me and the boys episode plus Roddy Ann. I'm just happy that Roddy Ann made it to the 100th episode. I was worried that if it was a 100th episode and Roddy Ann was not in it, I'd be disappointed. But the fact that she was included in this episode makes it a lot better for it to be the 100th episode of Casa Grande's. So thank you for including her, even though it wasn't really much. But hey, I still really like this episode. I think it's just a fun time. That's really all I have to say about it. Just a good time, some good lines, some good good stuff, just that just good stuff all around. And again, the Casa Grande's, you know, bringing in the Aztec god to life and sacrificing things to make him happy, you know. Again, we have time-traveling bandits in the show, so anything is possible in the Casa Loud universe. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, you've waited a long time for this one, have you? <laughs> I'm sure many people here have been probably waiting to hear my full thoughts on a certain episode. Again, I will link in the description the episode I was on with Saran's podcast where I talked about Skatey Cat. I'll probably be repeating a lot of the stuff I said on there, so I apologize, but it's my episode. It's going to go longer than you expect, <laughs> or you do expect, but yes. We are going to talk about a certain little episode I know you guys have heard about. It's called Skatey Cat. <laughs> Nervous to jump back on her board after a bad wipeout. Will Ronnie Ann ever skate again? 
So yes, I was very, very excited for this episode. The potential idea of Roddy Ann being worried that she could never skate again after getting into a terrible wipeout. Yes, I was very, very excited. But of course, then Nickelodeon, uh, not Nickelodeon, but then of course, the Loud House's Instagram decided to announce something about this episode that a certain somebody, uh, someone with uh, white hair and an orange polo might be appearing in this episode. You might have heard of him, he's called Lincoln Loud. <laughs> yes, folks, Lincoln does appear in this episode, and you know that means double hype for me, yes. That means you're going. I'm going the full analysis on this episode, man. You know, when Lincoln shows up, I'm there. <laughs> I mean, I'm already there, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, I'm already into, the, like, all the hyper-fixating on Roddy King content. Yes, folks, we get lots of Roddy Kid this episode. Video chat Roddy Kid, which I love, too. Um, but before we get to Roddy Kid, of course, I want to talk about the main focus of this episode, which is Roddy Ann. So don't worry, we will get to the Roddy Kid stuff. I just want to focus on the Roddy Ann uh, anxiety stuff first before I get to the shipping aspect. Um, yeah, so Roddy Ann. So yes, Roddy Ann gets into a terrible wipeout, and she gets so scared to go back on her skateboard that she feels like she can't skate again. And I really liked that they went with this approach because I was like, well, again, Rodian has huge anxiety. This has been a big factor of her of her character from the beginning. And yes, I'm gonna write a full analysis of Rodian's anxiety in the future. I was gonna write it after Skatey Cat, but then my brain just went boop, and I can't write it. <laughs> so I'll talk about it here. Uh, but I will write it in the future because I have a whole like big analysis on like every episode that focuses on her anxiety towards everything. Um, but I did write a big analysis on why Lincoln is important to this episode, but I'll get to that in a few. Um, so I really liked that they did this, because again, Rodian has this huge anxiety. And the fact that she was too scared to get back on her board after that accident is very, very relatable. You know, I really understand her struggle. And seeing how scared she was made me feel awful for her, because skateboarding is the one thing that she loves. It's her passion. She loves doing this. And she's made a whole skate group about it, and she just loves doing it. And the fact that she thought that maybe she could never do it again is a scary thought, as Lincoln had said. Hey. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, I know, I'm just getting into it. But, um... But then, of course, her friends are like, you know, we're gonna, how was that skateboard, you know, uh, video that you did? Like, oh man, Rodian, you're so brave. You're one of the best skaters I know. And it's hard for her to tell her friends that she was terrified to get back into skateboarding because this has been also a running theme with Rodian's friends as we go back to the episode of season one called Trend Game, where her friends think she's so cool that she knows all the trends and the latest stuff, and she was worried if she wasn't, if she didn't know all these trends and wasn't cool towards her friends, they wouldn't hang out with her anymore. And of course, that also goes way back to season three Loud House with City Slickers, where she decided to hide her, you know, her past with Royal Woods because she thought if she wasn't from the city, her friends wouldn't hang out with her or find her cool either. This has been a reoccurring thing with her character from the beginning. And of course, I've always said that it's because of her dad. But what's her dad, um, excuse me, what's her dad move? That didn't change at all. I was so happy to see that Rodian's anxiety did not, you know, they didn't erase her anxiety. It did not disappear overnight because her dad is back. It's still a reoccurring thing that she has huge anxiety and fear over losing her friends over something silly as thinking that she's not cool enough for them. Like in the Samir episode where they're all exaggerating their stories, she's like, you know, awkward about it where it's like, you know, she's telling Samir like, well, you know, we kind of stretched the truth, you know, like I didn't really catch a purse thief. I thought 
it was a Percy, but it was really like this this woman's grandson or whatever. So you know, again, that's Rodian trying to emp- like to like like raise up her story to make it seem like she was so awesome and badass for catching this thief when it really wasn't a thief. At least she thought it was at first. So let's give her some credit. She thought it was, okay? I can't blame her. But it's always been a part of her character that she has social anxiety over this cer- certain thing. As I said before, her, she's the opposite Lincoln. Whereas Lincoln in season one, he cared all about his reputation. That's all that mattered to him. And by the few, next few seasons, that really didn't matter to him how people viewed him it kind of did during like season four and season five especially in the movie he really cared about how his family would view him or how he fit into the mold of being the outsider compared to his family he just wanted to be an equal to his family where it's like now like it's not about him surviving in a house full of 10 sisters it's about living with a big family that's the shift in his character and the overall you know feel of the Loud House. Like, he's not an outcast anymore. He's another, he's another part of the family. It's just he's the boy in a family of ten sisters. But now, of course, as I said before, in season five, he doesn't care about his reputation or how people view him. But as we're going to talk about in the, uh, with the Rodican section, yes, he does still have fears of, like, what if he, if he messes up on something, then yeah, it'll, it'll scar him for life. So he related to how Rodian felt in this situation. Uh, but again, I want to talk about that later. But here, in this, in this Casa Grande's, Rodian continues to have that anxiety throughout the sh- show. You know, like, I'm not saying that she doesn't have character development, but I like that it's a reoccurring thing. That she didn't, like, get over it overnight. I feel like the reason she has it is because of her family, like, her, her mom and her, her dad and their divorce and stuff. She's worried about losing loved ones because of something like that, where it's like a divorce happens and they just, they, you know, they, they break up and then they go separate ways. She won't see them again. So that's her, like, fear of losing her friends or the people she loves if something happens and she, she does something where it messes up the relationship. Like, again, like a horoscope, she was worried that if her Lincoln would become, like, a romantic couple, then it would mess things up because she either didn't feel that way about him or was too soon to have feelings for him and would mess up the friendship that they built together so much. Or, like, with Sid, with two clubs, they were going to be separated because they were, they were interested in different things. They wanted to do stuff together, but they realized they should let each other go, but then they realized they want to do things together they can't be separated, you know? So, with Roddy Ann, she always has this anxiety of losing her loved ones so in this episode it's like well again her friends put her on this high pedestal that she cannot live up to every time they're like Ronnie Ann you're so cool you're so awesome you're so badass yes she loves those compliments but sometimes when she's going through this kind of situation like oh like I got into this accident and I'm scared to do the one thing that people find me like like people like praise me for yeah she's not gonna tell them that she got into this terrible wipeout or else they're probably not gonna think she's cool anymore or they're just they're not gonna understand you know so I totally understand why she hid it from them and not like someone like Lincoln, you know? Um, Because people have said, like, why didn't she, like, tell Sid or her other friends? Why did she tell Lincoln? And I get all answer to that later. But for this episode specifically, Sid was a part of the friend group where she was praising Roddy in, too. And she was worried that if she told her friends that she did got into this wipeout, she let them down because they view her as this amazing soul, as this great, badass leader. And if she did something that was, like, so uncool or just a terrible wipeout like she did, they wouldn't view her the same 
same way again. And again, that's a really, like, sad thing to think about with her, what she thinks about that all the time, where it's like, her image is so important to her. Because again, the city is where she started her life over again. You know, she's not a bully anymore at people who think she's still a bully. No, she's a well-developed, complex character, and she's gone through so much character development, and when she went to the city, she, she decided to, to start over again, make new friends, be a better person, and to, you know, get rid- to, to, for that to crumble in front of her would be terrible, so... I understand that completely, where her friends are, like, putting her on this pedestal, and she can't live up to that, and she can't tell them that she did something where it's gonna make them feel- make them look at her less than she already is. So, yeah, she tries to get her friends to the new things, that way they- she distracts them, because she's like, oh, like, I don't really care about skateboarding anymore, let's do sumo wrestling, or let's do, uh, crazy shopping, or whatever it was, I can't remember. Uh, crazy couponing? Yeah, that's what it was. Um, which was very fun. Or the- the thing with the balls. I think that was really fun. But eventually she had to rescue her friends because they got into trouble. And what she did, you know, she told them, you know, she finally confessed that she was trying to get them into new things to distract them because she thought that maybe she couldn't skateboard again after her terrible wipeout, you know? So she had to tell them how she, how they, how she felt. And then like her friends are like, well, you got over your fear, <laughs> you know, because... After a while, she had to stop thinking about how scared she was and thought about when my friends are going to be in danger, I have to rescue them. So yeah, she did a really badass thing and she wasn't thinking about how scared she was to get on the skateboard. She was more worried about how her friends would get hurt, which I really liked. So yeah, so once, yeah, so once they did tell her like, oh, well, you finally got over your fear and that's great. That's when she got the confidence again to get back into skateboarding, which I love. Because, again, it's tied into the whole Lincoln thing, where he didn't think about how scared he was and had to face his fear. And, again, I'll talk about that later. But I really like the whole aspect of facing your fears in this episode. I think that's why I call this episode a perfect episode. And also, I like the scene where Ronnie decides to distract herself with a VR game. It's basically a whole uh, Tron reference with the 80s aesthetic. Absolutely beautiful. And then Carl <laughs> hacks the game and I'm like, Carl, get out of here, you know? <laughs> and even Vito, like, helps her, which is really cute. I like that. I like seeing Vito help. But then, of course, he watches the video that Sergio recorded, so I don't know if, like, I should be mad at Vito, but, you know. Also, I should be mad at Sergio. He was such a, he was such a meanie in this episode. I don't like when they make Sergio such a rude bird. Especially when he's showing the video to, like, everybody. He shows it to Lincoln. He shows it to the squirrels in the park. He shows it to Vito. But then, of course, he does get the actual video in the end. So, I guess I'll give Sergio props for now. You know, like, I'll be, I'll be mad at him. But also be like, okay, you made up for it. Just don't. Stop being so mean. <laughs> okay, Sergio, you're not mean. But, uh, yeah, I just like the whole theme of facing your fears and being scared to do something again. But you have to just, like, you know, you just gotta face it and you just gotta do it because, like Lincoln said, the, the only thing scarier is the thought of never doing it again. Again, I will get to that soon. But I'm trying to think about what else I want to say before I talk about the Roddy Kid stuff. Um, just trying to think. Um... But no, I just really like that, I really like the emphasis on facing your fears and having anxiety over being scared that you could hurt yourself again. Because, 
again, I understand that completely, because Ronnie Ann, that was a really, really bad wipeout. Like, she could have gotten seriously injured. So I totally understand how scared she was to get back on a skateboard, because again, she could get really hurt. I mean, again, I wish they could have had, like, maybe Carlos integrated this episode, where Carlos knows exactly how she feels, where he got into a terrible accident when he was skateboarding, and then Frida told him not to skateboard again, because he could get seriously injured. But then, of course, he got back to the skateboarding because of Ronnie Ann, so, you know... But I feel like they could have really had an understanding of that, but I know, but, but again, the perfect person is in this episode anyway, so, you know. <laughs> um, no offense to Carlos, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, no, I just really like that aspect. But I'm sure you're all waiting for me to spam spaz about Roddy Kids, so yes, we will talk about the Lincoln moments in this episode. So yes, let's talk about the man with the plan himself, Lincoln Loud, as he appears in this episode of the Casagrandes. So yes, this is the first appearance of Lincoln in season three, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, he is the first Loud to show up in season three this time. Um, yeah, uh, so how do I... Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. So yes, so the first time Lincoln shows up, he shows up on a video chat, and this really reminds me of Spies Who Love Me, where Lincoln calls Roddy in to check in on her when he's like, oh, well, how's the city going? That's pretty cool. You're gonna go see the uh, the murals and stuff. He still continues to check on her while he's waiting in line for a flippy. So that's what it really reminds me of, just seeing the video chats. And again, I love seeing this. I love seeing that they continue to like, you know, communicate with each other and their, you know, their their friendship is so strong in this way. Or Lincoln calls her up and she's like, oh, hey, Lincoln, how's it going? And Lincoln just calls her to be like, hey, I can't, uh, I need to decide what orange polo I'm going to wear for my magic show. It's just really cute to see like Lincoln just calls her for random things. So he's like, oh, like, which orange polo should I wear? It also reminds me of the opening of Cursed, where, of course, we have another, another Roddy Kid video chat, where Lincoln calls her up and is like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm uh, practicing my bubblegum tricks, which is something that they both bond over in that episode. So I really like that. So I like that they opened up the video chats with just, like, a no like, normal conversation they would have with each other, whether it's, like, again, Lincoln just checks in on her or the bubblegum thing, or again here where he's just like, oh, hey, which orange polo should I wear? So, it's just find, I just find it interesting that, like, of all the people he calls to ask about what he'll wear, it's Roddy Ann, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I just, I wonder if, like, oh, they had, like, a video chat schedule, maybe? So, it's like, oh, like, we're, I'm gonna chat with her today anyway, so might as well ask her how I look. But then again, it reminds me of a certain episode, Horoscope, where he asks her how she, how he looks in the, in the suit, so I wonder if he calls her just to say, hey, how do I look? <laughs> um... But anyway, so yeah, so uh, Sergio, uh, well, no, um, so Roddy, of course, is like, oh, well, you should wear the purple one. He's like, purple one? And he's the first, and at first he, and not first, but then he recognizes that she's feeling off because he's like, oh, are you okay? You seem off. So he recognizes that she isn't feeling good because she's like, you know, out of it. But then Sergio, of course, shows in the video and she couldn't really escape the fact that she had to hide that because she didn't want to tell him. But Sergio's like, oh, here, here's the wipeout. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, that's a bad. And he's like, oh, that's a bad fall. And of course, she tells him that she's worried about, oh, like, maybe I'll hurt myself again. And Lincoln's like, oh, yeah, no, I completely understand. I once had a magic trick go so wrong, I couldn't stick my hand inside my top hat for weeks. Which, again, like, I love seeing... 
lots of, you know, moments where Lincoln is, of course, in character. And that's something that would happen to him. Like, again, like I said, Lincoln has gone over his, you know, situation or, like, his fear of, you know, social anxiety with, like, thinking that people judge him and stuff. But here it's like, yeah, like, even if he's doing, like, a act on, sh on stage, something could happen where it's like, oh, it goes wrong. And he's so terrified he couldn't do the trick again or do magic for a while. So seeing that he's like, yeah, no, I totally understand that you were scared that you couldn't do your you couldn't skateboard again he he was like oh yeah well i thought i couldn't like stick my hands on my magic top hat for like weeks so i love that they chose lincoln for this because i feel like he's the best person that would really understand how she feels in this situation and he would have again the best advice he can give her which he does and I, and like one of my favorite quotes is like um when ronnie and asked him well how did you get over your fear he's like i just had to face my fear i shut my eyes and jammed my hand in the only thing scarier was the thought of never doing it again. Again, peak Lincoln Lau character writing. That is so in character for Lincoln to say. That is the best advice he can give. Of course, Lincoln being my favorite character, I always have to judge whether the Casa Grande writes him in character or not. And that was perfect. That's the perfect advice he could give to Roddy Ann. And again, I love that they chose him because Lincoln is always willing to help his friends in any situation or his family, no matter what the situation is. Because that's what Lincoln Loud does. He's he's helpful and he loves supporting and helping his family and friends. So seeing that Ronnie was upset about this, of course he was going to give her some really great advice. And I just love seeing that. I've always wanted Lincoln to be a support to Ronnie, as Relative Chaos kind of hinted that he gave her the advice to talk to the audience whenever she was feeling down. Of course, they never did that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really like that he gave her some really great advice that could help her. And she's like, that's what I'm going to do, face my fears. And then she thanks him for it, which is so sweet. Because again, his advice is important to this episode. As I said, it's the Rance podcast. Sometimes when Lincoln shows up the Casa Grandes, he's not really as significant or important to episodes as I want him to be. You know, like, we get some really good episodes with him in it, of course, like the iconic horoscope, um, or Prankiversary, for example, but, like, or other mess, <laughs> uh, but, or Curse, oh my gosh, again, so many iconic episodes, I know, but, like, something like Horoscope is, like, basically the shipping bait episode where he's just kind of, like, you know, he's kind of, like, coming on <laughs> to her, and it's, like, trying, it's, like, basically showing you that, yeah, he's just kind of saying the stuff, but is he really saying the stuff, <laughs> you know, like, so he's just kind of there, or, like, Prankiversary, I do like that he shows up with the prank war, but then it turns into a sit episode and him and Ronnie are just kind of there. Or like other mess, he's, he, again, video chat, but he shows up the video chat once Ronnie and gets the tickets and him and Sid don't really like meet or hang out till like the end of the episode. Um, or yeah, or like Curse, you know, it's cool to see the Casa Grandes and Louds, you know, meet and kind of hang out for a bit. But you know, sometimes it doesn't really factor much into the plot of these episodes. But here... His advice and him being part of the episode is significant to the entire theme of the episode, which is facing your fears. So he told Ronnie and that, you know, he had to just suck it up and face his fear. And because, you know, he was scared that if he was so scared to do this, he wouldn't be able to do the one thing he loves again. One of his favorite activities is doing magic tricks. So the thought of never doing that again, that's scary and that's very relatable. So I love that he gives that kind of advice. It is really, really great. I just love that scene where he's 
put his hand into the top hat and then Houdini pops up and then he Houdini flies away out of Lincoln's hand. It's so beautiful. I, I love it. <laughs> and then of course, you know, we gotta talk about the scene where Lincoln's like, oh, well, I'm gonna choose this orange shirt. It's my bad boy look and he flexes the muscle. <laughs> And Rodian's face is just like, hey. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, just checking it out. <laughs> Someone's been working out. Like, yeah, I can't believe Lincoln got a muscle for the past six seasons. He's been working out. And then <laughs> Houdini poops on his shirt. And he's like, Houdini, bad boy. And then Rodian just has, like, this playful smile. It's so cute. I love it. Like, that, those little stuff I just love. And then the second um, time that Lincoln calls her, um, Roddy is not really paying attention because, of course, she was trying to distract her friends from doing skateboarding. And he's, like, talking about his shirt where it's like, well, since Houdini pooped on my bad boy shirt, I went with, not, I went with my... And then he looks up to her and she's not paying attention. He goes, purple shirt. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, he goes, aha! I don't have a purple shirt. I knew you weren't listening. Like, I love that. I love that so much. So Lincoln just caught her off guard. It's like, aha! I knew you weren't listening. Like, so good. That's my boy. <laughs> I love that. And um, then she gets, of course, the ball uh, thing, like the giant ball thing from Geo. When Geo was uh, being attacked by, Car by Char uh, not Charles. Yeah, Charles. Oh my god, there's two Charles. I was trying to think. Charles the dog. Yeah, not Charles the tutor from Weatherbeaten. Uh, yeah, so she gets um, some more like help from Lincoln, technically. Like, that was like unintentional help, but it's like, oh, Lincoln, I think you might have solved my problem. <laughs> so I like that. But then, of course, at the end, when she gets her mojo back, as she's skateboarding again, and everybody's so happy for her if she got her mojo back, she gets so excited, and then when Lincoln calls her, she, like, excitedly screams, Lincoln! It's so cute! I love it! She's so excited to, like, get his call. It's adorable. And he's like, oh, Roddy, it looks like you're back on the board, huh? And she's like, yeah, I'm not afraid anymore. And, of course, and she thanks him for his help. Again, his advice and him in this episode, like, Lincoln in this episode was important to this episode. It was not, like, again, like, it was little little moments with them. But I love that his advice and his significance to the episode was very important to the overall theme of facing your fears. So, I, again, like, when he t told her that he just had to, you know, like, face his fear and not think about how scared he was to perform magic, she, had to, she didn't think about how scared she was when she was uh, rescuing her friends. She just rescued her friends and then she got over her fear because then she could do skateboarding again and it's like she thanks him for his help and he's like of course I knew you get over it like I love that again he's very supportive of her and he knew that she would face her fear that is so amazing to me that again in the Casa Grandes they showed how strong the friendship and relationship is between Lincoln and Ronnie Ann like I said before you would think that them being long distance would have affected their friendship so much but in the spinoff they showed how close they are as best friends and that's so special to me that they show these little moments between them that their friendship and relationship is so, still super strong even though they're further away and that Lincoln was very supportive of her and giving her this advice and was really just like, you know, rooting for her and knew that she would get over this fear like he did. That is so nice. And again, seeing Ronnie and thank him for it, it just makes my heart Twitter. Like, I just, I, I love it so much that she like, thanks him for it. It's so sweet. And again, like, his advice meant something to her in this episode. It wasn't abandoned. It wasn't forgotten. It's like, thank you so much for your help. That is so sweet to see between them. And I really hope 
when the cast of Grandes move over, moves over to the main show, that they continue to show this, as Saran said on his show. You can't just abandon their friendship once the cast of Grandes moves over to the Loud House. Like I said, you can't forget that Rodian is still a very important person in Lincoln's life. They are best friends, and you need to show their relationship whether the video chats or they both visit each other. This is very important to their relationship, seeing that they still talk to each other and communicate over phone or video chat or whatever and they're still super close and they help each other like this it's very very important to their overall relationship development like i think about back to 2019 when i made the what i made the huge linkedin ronnie and retrospective uh podcast the linkedin ronnie and story and thinking about back there where i only had horoscope to go off of so i didn't know what the future held for their relationship and the fact that like we've gotten episodes like, like cursed and and other mess and prankiversary and this episode where again they show that their relationship was not forgotten in the spinoff it still continued to show and they had Lincoln show up in episodes like this to show that Roddy and Lincoln are still super close means so much to me that the Casagrande crew didn't abandon their friendship like you'd think they would have. Or like a certain other show, Loud House, never really did. You know, they, like, again, with season 5, you could have had Roddy and show up once in season 5, but no, for some reason, Loud House did not do that. So I'm glad with season 6, they're not going to forget her, hopefully. But like, stuff like this, the Casagrandes never really forgot that Lincoln was important in Roddy Ann's life and was one of her best friends, like Sid. I think that's so sweet. And again, like season two, we got the two Sidani Kid episodes, which again, love Sidani Kid, they are the OT3, but I was waiting for an actual like Roddy Kin episode or moments with them, because we haven't had that since the first season with Horoscope and Curse. So seeing an episode like this where, you know, if Lincoln would have not showed up in this episode, I still would have liked it a lot. I think it's a 10 out of 10. I love the overall theme of uh, Facing Your Fears. But I love that they chose Lincoln to be the one that she trusts the most to tell about the situation, and he understood how she felt. To me, it shows the trust between these two is still very special and organic and very, you know, very, like, important to their relationship. Because they've gone through so much development with their relationship. Because, again, they went from, you know, Ronnie and Teasing slash Bowling Lincoln in the main show to now they're best friends and they trust each other a lot. It is very special that you keep their relationship like this. You keep continuing to grow their, their, their friendship because that is so important to their both of their arcs as characters. I know, again, I said, like, don't reduce Ronnie in to just, like, Lincoln stuff. You know, I, I, I said that, of course. But Lincoln is still a very important person in Ronnie Ann's life, and you shouldn't forget that. And Ronnie Ann is a very important person in Lincoln's life, and you shouldn't forget that. Ronnie Ann is, is an important person to Lincoln's overall character development, and I will fight people for that. Well, Ronnie Ann is very important to Lincoln's overall character development, even though, again, I don't want, don't want to reduce them to, to each other as characters, I want to see them continue to grow their friendship and relationship in the next future seasons because stuff like this makes me so happy to see them. But just in Casa Grande's, that, no, you should do that in the main show and I'm glad season 6 will do that. Season 5 should have done that, you know, I complain about that all the time. But I love seeing them continue to just video chat and talk to each other and have a very close relationship. It's very sweet. It's very special. And they should continue to do that. Because again, Lincoln just calls her randomly. He finds out about the, the wipeout. She, she trusts him to tell her about it. 
which is, again, you know, again, people probably think, well, why didn't she tell Sid, her best friend, or her other friends about this? Because in this episode specifically, Sid was one of the skate friends who was, like, so, you know, enthused about Roddy and being this amazing skater that I feel like if she did tell Sid, then it would kind of mess up the overall episode or, again it would be kind of hard to tell Sid, her best friend. But Lincoln's her other best friend and didn't know the situation. And of course, Sergio showed him the video, so she couldn't really escape that. But I like, again, it shows that Ronnie Ann wasn't going to hide this from Lincoln. She trusts him so much to tell him how she felt. And when Lincoln understood and told her, you know, you should just face your fears, and she's like, yeah, that's what I should do, and, and thanked him for it. It was amazing. But of course, I'm sorry, I ran there for a second, but we cannot forget... When Lincoln, you know, says, of course, you got, I'm glad you got over it, you know, and check this out. I'm wearing purple. <laughs> yes, purple shirt Lincoln is canon. Oh my God. Like when I saw that, when I saw Lincoln sporting that purple polo, I jumped out of my seat and I screamed so loud. I started crying. Oh my God. I couldn't believe that purple shirt Lincoln is and now is canon. Of course, I made fan art for it. Thank you so much to everybody who's made Purple Shirt Lincoln fan art. Purple Shirt Lincoln supremacist. We need more Purple Shirt, purple shirt Lincoln. And now we need orange hoodie Roddy Ann. We gotta have that before the show ends, Casagrandes, or in the main show, Loud House. We gotta do orange hoodie Roddy Ann. We need to have this now. I need to see Purple Shirt Lincoln everywhere. Oh my god, I was so happy to see that. But as I said on Saran's podcast, I think the reason they did that, of course, like the whole running gag between them was the purple shirt thing. But I think the reason that Lincoln did that, other than to say, hey, Roddy Kid is canon, by the way. I'm sorry, guys. Roddy Kid is canon. I don't care what you say. Roddy Kid is canon. It will be canon. It always will be canon. After that, it's canon. Anyway, but, uh, excuse me. But, uh, after that, like, uh, when Lincoln showed up the purple shirt, I was like, I think the reason he did that when the whole thing was like that Roddy Ann wasn't listening to him during their two calls, like she wasn't paying attention to him. I think the reason he did that was to show that, you know, when she was listening to him and took his advice about facing her fears on the skateboard, when he found out that she was, um, when she was better again and she thanked them for his help, he showed off the purple shirt to show that he was listening the whole time to her. Which I think is amazing, because again, the joke of the whole purple shirt thing, I'll have a purple shirt. Now, because of Roddy Ann, he has a purple shirt, because he was listening to her the whole time, which I think is amazing to me. I hope they don't abandon the purple shirt. Show one in the background, season six! We gotta see that purple shirt, okay? It's gotta be somewhere. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I love that. I love that so much. I, again, it's like Roddy Kid's candidate A. <clears throat> But also just to show that Lincoln, again, was listening to her the whole time and wanted to show that, hey, you took my advice, so I'll take your somewhat jokey advice to have a purple shirt instead, which, again, that purple shirt looks great on him. <laughs> I, I just, I love it so much. Like, I, I was so happy when I saw that, and I was, like, screaming to my friends that Ronnie Kid is canon, because it is, it always will be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, again, as the biggest Ronnie Kid shipper in the world, <laughs> I can say that, trademark, study clips, um, 
I love that so much. Like, I just, I love the little moments between them in this episode. Again, I love the overall theme of this episode with facing your fears. I love it being a focused Radian episode. I love her just, you know, having this anxiety over thinking she couldn't do the one thing she loved anymore. And her friends realizing that, hey, you know, you got over your fear because you rescuing us was amazing. And again, the stuff of her Lincoln was just incredible. This is my favorite episode of season three. It is a top tier, number one, 10 out of 10 best episode. I don't know how how any episode later is gonna beat this but it was such a perfect episode i think it's def i think it's finally after 2019 after what is it now two three years it's gonna be three years this this year but like after two years it has finally beat the horoscope as my favorite episode of all of casa grande's that is an achievement. You know, the horoscope has been my number one favorite episode of this entire show for three seasons, and Skatey Cat beat it at number one. That is amazing to me. I know it's odd because, again, both of them have Roddykin in it. I should love the horoscope more because it's the Roddykin shipmate episode, but horoscope has so many problems now. <laughs> like, I go back to it, I'm like, I love this episode, but I also hate this episode. Not hate, but, like, I have a love-hate relationship where it's like, oh my gosh, some parts are so cringy, especially, you know, the scene. <laughs> the one where they, where they think Link is gonna propose to her. It's so cringy to watch. I can't even watch it much. I skip that scene because it makes me cringe so hard, but I love horoscope because it has the hug. But this episode is so perfect because, again, it has the Roddy anxiety uh, part in it. It has the Roddy kin feel that I've wanted of, the, of him being a supportive friend to her and giving her advice and her thanking him for his advice. It's amazing. I love this episode so much. It is a 10 out of 10. I love it so much. So, yeah, I can't believe after two years... Skating Cat has beat the horoscope for me. So that will do for this episode of Casa Loud Chats. We talked about all the new episodes of the Casa Grandes that aired in February. So this March will be the season 6 premiere of The Loud House, which is very, very exciting. I can't wait to talk about those episodes when they air this month. So if you have any questions about the podcast or want to discuss the podcast with me, you can contact me over at Clips on Twitter or the podcast's Twitter, Casa Loud Chats. And again, happy season 6 premiere to The Loud House. I can't wait to talk about these episodes when they officially aired this month, and we'll see you all next time on Casa Lau Chats.